Hello, friends. Welcome to the Climbing Fierce podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping devoted Christ followers on the higher journey as they climb towards the plans, purposes, and presence of God. This podcast is built around the idea that life's not just a journey, but rather a purposeful climb to sovereign heights. I'm Hannah Schaefer, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dr. Claudia Dempsey. We welcome you to journey alongside us as we explore common hangups, setbacks, and growth points on the journey of life, as well as some key strategies and resources so we can collaboratively climb together to reach new heights. This is Climbing Fierce. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our Climbing Fears podcast. I'm Claudia Dempsey, stepping into the host seat for Hannah Schaefer, and we want to thank you for joining us today as we talk about some of the processes, patterns, and even some of the problems that are very much a part of the higher journey. That is this call to live out our faith so that we continually press on towards God and the plans and purposes he has for our lives. This week, we have a very special guest joining us as we talk about trusting God amidst hardship. But first, I wanted to talk just a little bit about this topic of hardship. Um, It's something that so many of us encounter. And yet, quite honestly, I suspect if you asked, we'd all run the other way. None of us would ever invite hardship, say we are ready for hardship. And yet it's just one of those universal things we all walk through. And I guess what's so challenging is it really threatens a sense of peace and security and comfort or wellness that we have, and it certainly disrupts any sense of control we might feel. It really is. It's this like major disruptor that comes and just invades life and just sets us very times, very often, it just sets us right on the side of the road. We're not able to press forward, and we've got to just stand there in the middle of it and figure out how to walk through this season. In fact, as I started thinking about this and all the different different categories of hardship, I just stopped because there were so many. I couldn't even organize in my thinking whether it's physical, financial, circumstantial, relational, spiritual, on and on and on. It it takes so many different forms. It comes in so many different ways and throughout the various seasons of our lives. Um, But we're not just talking about hard things, like needing to uh, work that second job or something's happening and there's this really serious time crunch or sleepless nights when something's pressing in. Those are difficult, sure, but we're talking about those things that really come and they deliver a blow that is so severe. It not only takes our breath away, but it often just sets us right on our back, wondering what in the world just happened and how in the world are we supposed to get through this if if we get through it at all. So today we're going to spend some time talking about those sort of difficult derailing moments that they very often take us out of the game. They send us to the bench and leave us wondering what in the world is happening. So on that very happy point, I want to introduce our very special guest today, one of my most favorite people in all the world, my son, Jesse. Jesse, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Mama, for having me on the podcast. Um, So Jesse, today's topic, obviously, is really heavy. It's one that as I was thinking about this, it's actually intimidating to talk about because of the depth that this goes. And I don't want to, for a moment, make light of these things that, that cut so deep in the hearts and minds of so many. Um, but it's, it's important because of the derailing impact it has. It's something we've really got to press in and talk about. So for our listeners, 
I'm just wondering if you can start off by sharing a little bit of your story. I know that for the last few years for you were very difficult in some very significant ways. Can you just share some summary thoughts on what, what the journey looked like for you? Yeah, so of course. So unfortunately, hardship is kind of one of those things in this life that you really can't avoid. But um, when it does come, thankfully, God is gracious enough to allow us to grow in and through it so that we come out of it stronger than we ever were before. So um, I guess to start off this journey of hardship, it started my junior year in high school. And so kind of going back to junior year, um, at this point, I was not really strong in my faith. I don't even know if I was really a Christian at this point. I grew up in a Christian family, but really never took my faith for my own, never didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. Um, and so kind of, I guess, to fulfill the purpose that the Lord has for me in this life, um, this hardship was very necessary to get me to where I needed to be in my walk with Jesus. So back to junior year, um, I was um, chasing kind of popularity and chasing kind of, I guess, what most high schoolers chase is just kind of peer pressure and kind of going with the crowd. And um, so that's kind of where I was in my high school journey. Um, I was very prideful and found a lot of identity in um, my friends and those people around me. I looked for approval of others more than anything else. I um, was a basketball player, and so I found a whole lot of identity in basketball. And so um, kind of starting out at junior year, the Lord really started to remove these things from my life, starting with um, I had a girlfriend for most of high school and um, ended up separating with her. And then shortly after basketball season came around and that was around the COVID-19 right, time. COVID time. Yeah. Yeah. As that was kind of ending, but our school was the only high school in the whole area that was not allowed to have a season. And so um, in the tournaments that we did play, I was the last person to come off the bench around this same time I started to um, lose some of my very close friends. And so these were all things that I really found a lot of identity in. And so I was I was totally crushed at this point, kind of being in high school and kind of having, I guess, in a sense, in a high schooler's mind, made it to the top or made it to a very ideal place to be in high school. And then um, these things slowly started... Um, I guess, falling away from me. And um, as kind of a high schooler who didn't know anything else, was was a total identity crisis for me. And, and then, um, uh, so following, and I knew that was huge, and that was pretty traumatic. Um, and so as if that wasn't it, that was a big shakeup, then what happened to really push things over the edge? Yeah, so around this point, I started to uh, struggle with severe anxiety. And then um, following that, I got a concussion and then ended up getting another one shortly after, which um, for a very long time ended my athletic career. And so, yeah, that has been a really... So your junior trouble. year, things started to deteriorate. They mm -hmm. continue, then late spring, that's when the concussion happens. Yeah. And it's as if now you can't even pursue any activities you used to everything's falling apart and then the pain and the inability to even engage in again like you said any of the activities so kind of I will say you know observing from my standpoint it was very interesting as we prayed for you through the years um, and we knew you had 
just such a sweet disposition and you honored God, like you would talk about wanting to honor God. And even though we knew and, you know, some choices you were making in high school weren't ideal, I knew that there was a sweet disposition toward God, but we also knew that, um, it was very likely that you were going to have to go through some things because you were not at a place where you were looking to God. You were not looking to find an identity in him. And so from our standpoint as the parents, we watched item after item after item being removed from the things that you took and found identity in. So um, the end of that year, so we're at the end of your junior year, you were in a state of despair, having lost everything. So now what happens with thinking about your senior year of high school, college, what, what's the next step there in the journey? Yeah, so around this same point is when I really started to kind of, I guess, look into having a relationship with God before. Um, I really had no desire because I felt like I had everything that I needed. But around this point at the end of high school, yeah, I started to really pursue um, this relationship with God and kind of after lots of long and hard talks with parents and others around me, I, um, we all decided that it would be best for me to leave high school after my junior year. And then, um, I ended up becoming a freshman at Liberty university, um, that next fall instead of, um, finishing out high school and so yeah yeah you strangely unbeknownst to us you had enough credits we didn't even have any idea i think what started is we looked to say things were so bad and you needed to hope beyond where you were like what if you take one college class could you and i was thinking dual enrollment where you get that high school credit that college credit and in that process we're like oh my gosh because of the way your high school had organized a lot of your classes so many of them were considered dual enrollment and they, that they set you up to actually not even need that senior year. So now here you are, summer going into the um, your, your freshman year at Liberty. So excitement, anticipation. So take us from there, what's happening at that point? Yeah, so um, going back to what you said about kind of the high school credits and we didn't even know, that just goes to show that the Lord was even working before we even knew he was working or we even knew what he was working towards. And before I even really was pursuing God, he was working in my life. And so back to um, summer before the beginning of college, at this point, I still struggled with really, really bad anxiety. And um, this concussion kind of took me out of all sports and it, it got so bad to, I mean, there were some days where I, could, I couldn't even hardly get out of bed because it, I was just in so much pain from this concussion. And so, yeah, lots of lots of kind of anxiety and pain and um, even a little bit of just the sadness of not having these friends that I had before and um, just coming off of a hard year going into college. So yeah, that's kind of where I was at leading into college. So then you go into college with the hope of, okay, I've made it here. This is a Christian institution. I'm going to find some good friends. I'll find some, I'll find a community that'll help me get on this path I want to be on to really press on toward the Lord. So what happens then that freshman year of just hoping to get some community, hoping things will go right, what ha- what happens there? Yeah, so here I am going into freshman year with really high hopes and really excited kind of for this next season. And um, I ended up having to change dorms three times in my very first semester of college. And through changing dorms so many times, um, Liberty is not the biggest campus in the world but I mean it's still a really big campus to where you can go um, 
a while without seeing people if you don't make time to see them. And so moving around so many times, it was really hard to kind of keep friends. So um, and still struggling with really bad anxiety. And at this point, my OCD, I really started to have kind of beginning struggles with OCD at this point. And so just a really, really hard year. And um, I was leaving my first semester of college going into Christmas break, not even knowing if I wanted to go back because this year was so hard. So, yeah. Yeah, we were very surprised watching. And so knowing that you had this constant headaches, uh, the pressure, the dizziness, knowing that so much had been taken from you, knowing that there was the hope of like, we made it here to Liberty, like the promised land, things are surely going to work out. It went from bad to worse. Uh, these roommate scenarios that led to all these changes were bad. This wasn't just like, oh, I, I want to try something different. Really bad situations unfolding, each one so unique and unexpected in their own way that we're like, what is happening? And so I can tell you, and I would say to any listener who's kind of listening in as a, as a mom, what I watched begin to happen as I watched the boy that I knew, the son that I knew and loved, I began to watch him. I don't know how else to say it other than like he, he left, like he left and somebody else came and began to take up residence. Somebody who is sad, um, depressed, this anxiety we had in our family knew nothing of anxiety. This was, I guess I was always of the mindset of like, just, you know, I know you're nervous. Just, just deal with that. Like, come on, why, you know, why are you making such a big deal? We all feel nervous. We all feel stressed. Well, to see what anxiety looked like, I had no idea. I literally had no idea. And then to see OCD begin to surface. So this obsessive compulsive behaviors, um, I literally, we were in a panic. Um, this, we had no frame of reference for how to deal with this. This was not the normal, I'm just stressed. I'm, and I knew you, Jesse, always being very kind of steady and sound. It, I watched literally almost day by day as my son went further and further away. And I saw this bondage. I saw this lostness, desperation, despair. And it was, we, we had no idea what to do. Um, so Jesse, at this point, now your dad and I were praying, crying. We cried a lot. We prayed a lot. We fasted a lot. We, we gave every, we started out, I think probably as most parents do, you give all those good initial parenting tips and responses. And so, yeah, that lasts like a very little bit brief period of time. And then that you're at the end of that and that does nothing to touch something this deep and this severe. You, I, I remember one day walking in when you did come home, I think one weekend and I came in, you were on the floor and I don't, you couldn't even get up off the floor. Um, just the pain sometimes and other times it was like this lostness. I really felt there were times I didn't know if we'd get you back. Like it, it, what began here went on. Now this went, it ended up being your freshman first semester. Then it went to your second semester. Then it went to that following summer. And then it went to, um, how much longer? Where are we in the journey of this? Yeah. So we can, um, yeah, we can definitely jump to the summer after my freshman year where I'm like, I don't even know if I can do another year of college. This was not even for the ac academic point. I did fine academically, but just from the social standpoint and just the pain of just the concussion and dealing with this anxiety, which I had now dealt with for over a year and being so kind of new to this and not really knowing what to do. And so 
we ended up deciding, I think a week before school started that, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm going to give college another try. I'm going to commute from the house just because living on campus was so hard. But, um, but you know what, I'm going to commute and we're going to give college another try. And so this next semester was definitely the hardest point in which I had to walk through. And so still dealing with this anxiety and the pain from my concussion was worse. It than got it worse. Been. That, that yeah. surprised me. And now at this point, we had been to specialists. We've yeah. been out of the state. Every specialist we could find. I don't know how many scans we've had, tests. You had been through therapies. We did vision specialists. We, you know, So we're at the doctors constantly. We're trying to... And things are getting worse. So that was also really concerning. So it's not that your headache issues, they the, debil- the debilitating pressure of the headaches, the dizziness, and um, let me see, the headaches, the dizziness, and the pressure. Those three got worse and got worse and got worse. Yeah. And so um, kind of going into the worst part of this season was on top of all of this, about halfway through my first semester of my sophomore year, I picked up this social anxiety and social anxiety was so new to me because before this, I was the type of person who never met a stranger. I loved being around people. I'm a people person and dealing with this social anxiety to where I would literally start shaking in just a conversation with just somebody. Um, it started in this one class that I had and I would just come to class every day and wouldn't even hardly be able to move my neck. I'd be so anxious. And then this then moved to outside of this class to where it was really hard for me to go into a grocery store or restaurant without shaking and being all tense and not. You would physically, physically shake. I yeah. Was, yeah. And this was the worst part of it all because I'm like, okay, now not only can I not play sports anymore, not only am I not living on campus anymore like all my friends, but now it's like I can't even be in class or I can't even go to a grocery store or I can't even go inside a restaurant without having just this severe anxiety, almost kind of like a, a panic attack in and of itself almost with just not being able to move my neck or shaking in my head or whatever it was. And, um, and at this point I was even in a relationship with God. So this stuff still happens when I'm in a relationship with God and it kind of there was many points to where I'm like, God, kind of, where are you at in this season? But God having timing of his own is better than any timing that I could ever imagine that I can ever make up. And I'm so much stronger because I had to walk through this stuff. But going back to ending this sophomore um, semester, I was crushed. Um, I felt like I, I've tried college now for three semesters, really wanted it to work. This seemed like it was going to be the promised land. And it seemed like after coming off of a rough high school um, kind of ending experience that this was going to be where kind of things got better and things only got worse for a year and a half after high school, almost two years. And um, so going into this Christmas break, I was totally crushed. I mean, there were many days where I barely got out of bed or I barely left my room. Um, I just was kind of now in a, in a spot of just depression on top of everything else. And so I didn't know what to do. And in not knowing what to do, I decided that it would be best for me to not attend college this following semester to kind of figure out what in the world is going on. I, I thought I was at a point of no return to where it's like, am I ever going to be able to have a simple conversation with someone or am I ever going to be able 
to do this physically because of my concussion. And this, this was a point of kind of no hope to where I didn't know what was going on. I felt like my world had been shattered. So, yeah. Jesse, I think that's huge. What was the biggest challenge, I think, for all of us is will he ever get over some of these? Will he ever? We, again, we tried everything for the just physically for that concussion. We could find no answer to get you help. Would you ever live life without pain? Um, this, these anxieties, the social anxiety, the OCD, the, um, would you, was this the new normal for your life? Was this going to be something you were going to get through? We certainly had exhausted literally everything we knew to do, but I will say, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that you, through this, I saw you press into God. I mean, we would pray and pray and I knew, I mean, I could get choked up talking about this. I I remember Jesse one time. I don't know if you ever knew this. Just I heard you in the in the shower. Like I walked by and you were in the shower, and I could hear you just crying out to God. And then like you were like a a deep deep point. And I I would just say to any parent listening, you know, it's man, you you're gonna do all you can to help your kids and get them where they need to be, and yet there's gonna be a point where. There's, there's nothing you can bring to the table. You've exhausted, again, everything you can. And yet, I think for me, this watching you walk through this may be my greatest test of personal faith that tested my faith more than anything I've walked through in life because would I trust God with one of my most precious, I'm going to say belonging, you know you don't belong to me, but one of the most precious things in all my life, could I trust God with you and with your life? Because for, yeah, now two years, we're going on two years and actually going even through that spring. So just over two years, it went from bad to worse. And then it went from bad to worser and worse, you know, it just, it got worse and worse and worse. So, okay. So Jesse, thinking about this, you know, people are listening in. Everybody's got hard points. Everybody's got deep valleys. And I think our, our hope is that this will be an encouragement to somebody but can you talk about a turning point? So we're here today talking about this. Obviously, we have some incredible news. You know, we're celebrating so much that's happened. You're, I will say, it's not over. We're not at the point where, whoo, that's, that's all said and done. But you, we have seen God work so miraculously. But walk us through maybe the beginning of a turning point. Yeah, so the beginning of this turning point was definitely taking a semester off of school because I was at a point where everything that I'd kind of looked forward to, everything that I'd hoped for was totally gone. It was totally crushed. And at this point I had to make a decision of, am I going to keep following God or am I just going to say, forget this. And, um, you know, life just is not working out for me. And, um, I, I don't know kind of what I'm going to do from now. And so, I made the decision kind of early into this um, time of taking off of school where everything felt like it had been taken that, you know what, no matter how bad this gets, no matter if I'm in this for another two years or if I'm in this for another week, I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to press in. And this is the point where my faith got the strongest is because this is a time in my life I that I have that I pressed in the most. I mean, I was watching so many <laughs> podcasts i mean sermon and after sermons sermon after sermon yeah. and i mean it was like hours and hours of just yeah. sermons and podcasts of how to yeah. how to keep god um center through a really hard time or how to yeah. see god through a hard time or 
when you can't see God, how in the world do you stay close to God in a hard time? And um, podcasts like this of just hearing other people go through really hard times. And I mean, I really, really pressed in. I got really intentional about what I was putting in my head. Um, I I, I started to only put positive things in my mind and kind of um, I like you one time made this analogy of kind of like um, you think of like uh, think of like two dogs and um, think of like a spiritual dog and a dog of the world. And whatever dog you feed more is going to bark louder, you know, whatever, whatever you feed more is going to be more evident in your life. And so I just really started I started feeling feeding the spirit and just really started um, really pulling into God. And um, that's kind of where I really started seeking God is when I really started finding him. And I know that um, kind of the first breakthrough with my social anxiety was actually in a church service one morning. And Which you didn't even want to go to. You had yeah. trouble literally getting the thought had, of going to this service. Yeah, was I had than... trouble going into church. Like it was hard for me to be in church <laughs> just because of um, the social anxiety. And I remember walking into this church and could barely move my neck. I was shaking. I was so nervous to be there. And I remember in this worship service, I just cried out to God. I'm like, God, please just give me just a glimpse of what it may be like to just not have this social anxiety or just show me that you're here for me and show me that. And in that moment, it's like something clicked to where now this social anxiety did not go away from this point. I still dealt with this, but for the first time since the very beginning or middle of my sophomore year, I actually like my neck loosened up and I wasn't shaking and I was around all these other people my age because this was a college that a lot of or this was a church that a lot of people from my college went to. And so um, I was around a lot of other people my age and um, was not having this social anxiety. And I just remember at the end of the service, just he said, if you need to pray or if you need prayer, just come up to the front. And I remember just going up to the front, and this is totally out of character for me because <laughs> I'm someone who could have bar- like who barely walked in there because they were so anxious, and yeah. here I am going to the front in front of everybody. And I just remember getting on my knees and just saying, "Thank you, Lord, thank you," because this was the first time that I had experienced kind of some breakthrough from this social anxiety. And from that point on, yeah, it was still a struggle. It was still kind of a battle overcoming this social anxiety, and um. But the Lord really, really worked through this time. And I know that um, kind of one verse that the Lord um, kind of revealed to me in this time and is now kind of the verse that I hold on to and really recite the most is Psalm sixteen eight. And forgive me if I don't say this word <laughs> for word, but it says, I will not be shaken for you are with me. You are right beside me. And I love this because it's literally like, almost I'd tell myself like, Lord, you're right beside me and I will not be shaken because I would physically shake from this anxiety. And this is now something that I really hold on to. And so now kind of still dealing with the concussion, still dealing with social anxiety. But at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be able to overcome this. I don't know when and I don't know what it's going to look like, but I've just received a little bit of breakthrough and I know that God is in this. And so I know that God has something for me around the same time. I didn't know one of the other kind of struggles of college is I didn't know what I was doing. I changed majors so many times. <laughs> At this point, I was in interdisciplinary studies, which yeah. those are those people who are in dis- interdisciplinary studies. It's a great major, but it's basically a major 
just combining different things together because you I at the point I really did not know what I was doing and that's kind of one of the things of like Lord what am I doing what is kind of my purpose and through this time he really revealed to me that ministry is your purpose kind of all this that you've gone through is not only for you but it's for you to share with others and for you to help others through them going through hard times and so that's just one of the many ways that the Lord worked through this period and through this season was that I would have never been able to speak on anxiety or people dealing with depression or people dealing with physical pain or whatever it may be, but now I can and now I can help people through that. And I will, I'll tell you, I just now really do have a heart for helping other people um, in the midst of whatever they may be going through. And that's kind of the, I feel like that's my calling is to help people now in ministry and whatever it may be for the Lord's kingdom. And so... Um, that's another thing that the Lord really worked through this season was calling me to ministry through this. And so, yeah, now we're kind of going into um, this summer and well, it'll be fall by the time people are hearing this. But this summer when we were, we were recording it, yeah, I still struggle with social anxiety every once in a while. But I'll tell you what is I'm so much more comfortable with pushing myself out of my comfort zone and this social anxiety is going away week by week. And I'm able to do things like this week, I've been able to do things I wasn't able to do last week. And this month, yeah, I'm able to do things I wasn't able to do last month just with this anxiety. And I really got plugged in with the church, which is going, I mean, going back six months ago, I couldn't even hardly walk into church because I was so anxious. And now I'm really plugged in with the church. And so the Lord has really um, worked through this season. And so now I'm actually going back to Liberty and um it's it's a thursday and it starts monday i when people will be hearing this will be a good two months into school yeah but um just the excitement of kind of what the lord has done through this season and kind of what he's going to continue to do as i continue to walk through this stuff so well let me let me interrupt here so interesting again watching all this having a front seat at times that we didn't want because it was so painful it was so so painful to watch but it really seemed like over and over, time after time, God was just saying, Jesse, will you trust me? That's right. Will you really trust me? And then watching him also say, oh, hey, look at this little part of your life. Hey, I'll take that. And hey, oh, over here, hey, you know, I'm going to take that. So let's talk about that just for a second because I think that's a point others can maybe resonate with when it looks like God is, is hurting you, taking some of the good from you, keeping you from some kind of fulfillment, some kind of um, even answer to prayer. So what would you say to somebody who's at this place where what it looks like is that there's a mean God or an absent God? He's, he's either mean because this isn't loving what he's doing or he's just absent and he's, he's either forgotten me or he's just walked away, didn't even care. Yeah. What, what might you say to somebody in that position? So starting off, I really like to use in my own life and in kind of in my own story, I like to use this analogy of clay. And when you think of clay and you think of God molding clay, just like he molds us, you think of like clay that's soft is really easy to mold. Well, coming out of high school, I was like a really hard, dry chunk of clay. (laughs) And the Lord had to chip away in order to form me into what he wanted to. And so yeah, that came with some really, really hard things. And there was a lot of points through this season where God seemed absent and when God seemed like like he was out to get me. Mm, or, yeah, that came up many times yeah. in our conversations. And really, 
what it was is how I started to overcome these things was I started to give these things to God with open hands. Like, Lord, if I'm never able to have a simple conversation with a person ever again, Lord, I give this to you and I will still follow you. Or Lord, if I, I was a big basketball player, Lord, if because of this concussion that has lasted two and a half, three years, which is so unusual for a concussion, but Lord, if I never get over this concussion, I'm in pain the rest of my life. Lord, I give this to you. I will still follow you. And for me, it took some really hard chipping away to get to this point. And so this kind of, that, that's not how it is in everybody, but that's how it is in my story. And it really just started to just surrender um, just daily things to God mm-hmm. and surrender things to God on a daily and weekly basis to that. I mean, there was weeks where I'm like, I I just can't surrender this yet to God. And then a week or two later, I'd be like, you know what, God, I'm just going to give this to you. And then that's exactly when I started to receive breakthrough from these things was when I was when I gave these things to God with open hands. It was like, Lord, like I give this to you. But you you had to really come to the place and say, like, this isn't just nice words. And I'm going to say this and God's going to help me get better. But I may never... I may never know what it is to not have headaches and yeah, pain and dizziness. For sure. When it when you're at a point when it seems like God is absent or even out to get you, which he's not, but it seems <laughs> like that, it's so hard to say, you know what, Lord, like I'm mad at you right now, but I'm giving this to you in which I care so much about. I care about this thing, whatever it is. A lot of them so are good much. things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, Lord, I care about this so much and I really don't want to give this to you, but at the same time, I know it's best for me to give this to you, so I want to do it. And I would make the decision to give these things to the Lord, whether it was having a simple conversation or going back to college or yeah, no, whatever. And um, and that's when I really started to receive breakthrough for these things. No, so, that's yeah. good. All right, I've got two last questions, and then we'll kind of draw this to a close. So for somebody who is right now, they might be listening and they are just dead set in the center of this dark place. And there is this hope. You can relate to this sense of despair and helplessness because mm-hmm. for two years there was no light at the end of the tunnel. We, you didn't even know you were in a tunnel. It was just blackness and dark and hard. Anything that you could say for somebody yeah, in the middle of that? Of course. It is, it is so hard to be in a hopeless place. And whether these listeners are going through something harder than what I've went through or whether they were going something not as hard as what I went through, whatever it may be, we all can reach a point of hopelessness. And at that point of hopelessness is kind of like a rock bottom point of like, I don't even like, I don't even know if I can go on another day. And all I can say is just hold on and just really, even if, even if you can't even see God, even if you feel like he's a million miles away, just, just, lean into him because i mean god's word says if you seek me you will find me and it's so true even if it seems like it's not really and it may not happen in the immediate moment it may not have i mean there were so many times i'm like you know what i read my bible for 15 minutes or an hour and god i'm seeking you and i'm not finding you like what's the deal and i you know what? Maybe he does work like that, where someone reads in their Bible for 15 minutes and seeks him for 15 minutes. He comes through. But for me, it was a day after day decision of, you know what? I'm going to seek God today, even though it's really, really hard. And even though these circumstances aren't changing, I'm going to seek God. And so really, I mean, my advice for everyone, whether they're in a hard season or in a 
in kind of a, a an easier season or a more joyful season, really invite God into every part of your life and invite God into your day and allow him to work in and through you. And I promise that he will. He will. It'll take time. And I, in yeah. our flesh, we're going to almost give him some timetables. We're going to tell him how to do it. We're going to tell him the things he can touch in our life and the things he can't. And he's so gracious. Um, it's just so important that, like you're saying, just the continual coming and laying it down, laying it down. And you may have to lay it down 40 times. And, you know, another thing was me realizing that, you know what? Like, God actually loves me. God mm. is actually That's for a good me. point because you so often are like, what? Why does he hate me? Why does he hate me this bad? Why, what did I do? What did I do for him to dislike me, not love me this much? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is it, it really like another another turning point for me when things started to change was when I realized and it wasn't a turning point of situations. It was a turning point of perspective and mindset was realizing that God really, really loves me. And even though everything around me seems shaken, shattered, broken, he's doing all this for my good. God has my best interest in my mind and my in his mind and God has your best interest in his mind. And so God really does love you and whatever you're going through, if you give it to God, it's for your best interest and God will make you stronger through it. So, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Okay. So f- let me just switch gears one more time. So for the, maybe the caretaker, the parent, the friend who's walking alongside somebody and their world is falling apart and you really, you don't have an answer. You don't know what to say. Any advice for, you know, you saw what dad and I did, What sure. we, maybe we did some things right. Maybe we did a lot wrong. Um, <laughs> we did what we knew to do, or at least could try to do in the moment. What would you say to maybe that person who's walking alongside somebody in that dark valley right yeah, now? Yeah. So for those caretakers, and I know you did such a great job of this. It's just, thank you, baby. Yeah. Is <laughs> being there to listen when this person is hurting, being there for them, even if it, it, we don't always, if in a hurting stage, we're not always looking for an answer for everything. We're just looking for someone who will listen to us and be there for us. Another thing that I want to um, also kind of say is another thing that really helped me was getting help. I know that especially for guys, I know that this is, Mm, this podcast has mostly a female audience. And I know even for girls, it's so hard sometimes to get help and it's so vulnerable to get help. But I'll tell you, one of the strongest and most courageous and brave things that I ever did through this season was being vulnerable enough to get help. And that's one of the things that has helped me the most, whether that's counseling or whether that whatever it may be like to just be whether it's going and getting coffee with someone at your church and just being like, hey, this is where I'm at and I'm hurting and I just need prayer. Whatever it may be, just being vulnerable enough and, and inviting others in. I know for me. It's so easy to when a hard season, I did this a lot, was I would isolate myself from others. It's so easy to do that. And just if someone's going into isolation, just really, really be there for them. Really show them that you're there for them, that you care with them, and that you're willing to walk through this with them. I think that's a big thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, my little boy, who's <laughs> six four and not little anymore. Um I, I want to thank you for sharing this, Jesse. I, of I mean, this was a deep journey. I know this was a lot of tears, a lot of crying out, a lot of um, really, like you said, holding on when you don't see the answer, holding on in faith. Um, 
and I, I really think this is going to resonate with a lot of folks who are listening. Can we do something? We've not done this before yeah. on the show. Can you just close us in a prayer for anybody who, again, this may resonate, any part of what you've shared, your testimony, your story, would you just, this, this prayer for them that God would meet them here and lead them in their own journey, in their own way, that he's going to impart what he wants, he's going to shape them, he's going to meet them, but just a covering for them as they're walking out what could be a very difficult part of their journey. Yeah, of course. Um, Lord Jesus, I just want to pray right now, God, that on behalf of just all the listeners of this podcast, Lord, that um, you just show yourself to them, Lord, that we know that you meet us where we are at and just a hard time. But Lord, please help the listeners of this podcast, whoever's on the other side of this screen, Lord, that they really will just realize how much they love you or how much you love them, God, and how you have a plan for them, Lord, and that for them to feel comfort and peace in which passes all understanding through this. Lord, I want to pray for those people on the other end who haven't accepted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, for them to just know that Lord, you have something better for them than they could ever imagine, Lord, and that you really do love them, even though they may not know you yet, Lord, or even if they do know you, Lord, that you love them and you want them, and you're just sitting there waiting for us with open arms, God. And so I just want to pray for everybody in the midst of just a hard season um, that they that lord you just give them hope to carry on god i thank you for all the listeners of this podcast and all the people who took the time out of their day to listen to this lord please help them to just um really just be able to just leave this podcast with just great joy and um really just feeling your presence lord i thank you in your name i pray amen amen and to our listeners um if there's anything we can do, you know, if you're in that place where you, Jesse, talked about community, needing some support, and right. um, just reach out. Hello at growthpointperspective.com. We want to just be here to walk with you through the journey. So until we meet again, um, go climb fierce. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast, wherever you stream your podcasts. Be sure to check out today's show notes for more resources, links, and helpful tools on today's topic. You can find these resources and more on our website at www.growthpointperspective.com. If this podcast has been at all impactful for you or someone you know, let us know, leave us a review, or send it to a friend who might need to hear about today's topics. And if you have any questions or an episode idea for us, or you want to get in contact with our team, email hello at growthpointperspective.com. Until next time, friends, go climb fierce.